Uh, turn with me in your Bibles, if you have one, to Matthew 13. And uh, we're continuing in the, in the parable of the soils. Um, I've really, really enjoyed this. A couple of years ago, I spoke on this, um, and uh, I have learned so much, even looking over this over the last couple of weeks in my own life. Chapter 13, verse 1, uh, we read, and, and I'm just going to pick out pieces because we don't need to read the whole thing. A farmer went out to sow seed, uh, and as he scattered the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky or stony places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, uh, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. If you go down to uh, verse 20, you'll read that uh, this, is a, this is a parable that Jesus told. It's, a parable is basically, for those who don't know, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And Jesus used a lot of these stories. that He took what was relevant in the day, uh, and made stories out of them to get a heavenly, uh, get people to have a heavenly perspective on things. The interesting thing about this uh, passage is this is the first uh, parable that Jesus told. And right in the middle of this, we've talked about this before, uh, and I don't really want to go too much over old ground, but we've talked about this before, is where Jesus says, if you don't understand this parable, if you don't understand the heart of this parable, it's going to be very hard for you to understand um, any other parable. You'll be like the people that's mentioned in Isaiah. You'll be seeing, but you'll never really perceive. You'll be hearing, but you never actually really hear anything. Sometimes I feel that's the way my life is. Uh, sometimes the lights are on, but nobody's home. You know that type of an idea. Or you're like, somebody has told you something, and you're like, Two days later, you're like, I didn't hear that. You ever like that? Hands up who's like that. Hands up who's willing to admit that. Hands up who's read story after story in this book and then went out through the door and did something different. Hands up who's done that. I, I do it all the time. It's like you're seeing, but you're never, on, you're never really perceiving. You're hearing, but you never really hear. And so that's Jesus wanted uh, to make his disciples think. He wanted to make his followers think uh, about what he was saying here. And so um, go down to verse 20, because uh, two weeks ago when I spoke, or three weeks ago when I spoke, I spoke about the path. And this, today I want to speak about the stony ground. But if you go down to verse 20, Jesus takes his disciples aside and he explains what this means. He says, the seed that fell on the rocky or the stony places refers to someone who hears the word and receives it with great joy. You ever been in those times where you, you've sat within a meeting or within a group of people and you've heard God's word and you're just like, you're bubbling over with joy. But since they have no root, that only lasts a short time. And any wee bit that does actually penetrate, he goes on to say, when trouble or persecution comes, the word of God quickly falls away or the plant dies 
and withers is another version. Verse 23 says, but, and this is, this is the type of soil that Jesus wants us to have. This is the type of soil that he commends. He said, but the one who receives the seed that is like the seed, or the seed that fell on the good ground is the man who hears the word and understands it and produces a crop yielding a hundred sixty sorry a hundred sixty or thirty times what is sown and that's Jesus's aim that's like the more and more I read scripture I read that that's what God's aim is for our lives that we would produce a harvest that we would produce a crop of thirty or sixty times what's sown now I'm totally lost in my notes as I said, um, I grew up on a farm, and I love that Jesus, when in a lot of his parables, he uh, used farming terms. And, uh, and so I can understand that there's probably quite a few people sitting here that have no idea of what farming is. I can understand that. I've said that before. Some of you don't know what it is to milk a cow or see an egg, uh, egg laid or produce some carrots like Lucas is involved in or um, other farming activities. But I, I, I grew up on a farm. But at the age of 20, I moved into a job. And that job has left, led me into the business world. And something that uh, has happened within that is that I have had to learn a whole lot of new things. I've had to learn a lot about business very quickly. I've had to learn a lot about uh, how business operates. And, uh, and so maybe you've grown up in the business world. And maybe you've grown up in that type of world. Well, just for a moment, let's learn a wee bit about farming. If you could bend that way, if I've bent this way, I think that you could bend that way. The thing that I've come to realize is also is the older you get in life, and I don't want to look at anybody, so I'll look at my shoes. The older you get in life, the more you realize how little you actually know. And, uh, and we need to be in a place where we can continue to learn. We need to have that teachable spirit in us, that willingness to learn uh, what God wants to, uh, to say to us. Have you ever felt God's nudging? Have you ever acted on that? Have you ever, um, and, and the result of that has been better than you've ever expected. Maybe God has, has, has told you to do something. Um, last week it was really good at the castle. We had Gareth and Bruna and, uh, last Sunday night and they were telling their story. Uh, Gareth was telling the story how God led him to swim out into the sea and rescue a sheep. And how that created a whole chain of events in his life and brought him to actually where he's at today. How God spoke to him through that situation. Um, and how he related that story all back to John 10, where it's so important to hear God's voice. It's really important to, to, to know God's voice. But he also said it's very important to act upon God's voice. It's very important to act and, and that's what faith is. We've often heard, you know, different definitions of faith. And faith for me is, um, is hearing and following and responding to God's voice. 
I just want to throw a wee bit of caution in there. A lot of people hear God, but they, never, they don't really know what God's like. They never take time to study this. And so sometimes they hear voices, but it's actually contrary to what God's ultimate will is. So faith needs to be grounded within God's word. Now that doesn't mean that God just alone speaks through his word, but he can speak through his spirit to you. He can speak to you in many different ways. But the thing is, it always has to be grounded within this book. In Hebrews 11 verse 6, it tells you that faith, this we thing called faith, pleases God. So when we act and respond and follow to what God tells us to do, it pleases God. In Romans 10, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um, oftentimes when, when I'm preparing something like this here, I'll, I'll think back to, oh, there's a verse that relates to that. Or, or, or I feel God prompted me in a certain way and some, somewhat does, some verses will come to mind and they're good to reassure you. Uh, and so uh, it's important for that. I said to you about promptings. Has any of you um, ever been prompted to maybe cook someone a dinner? Have you ever been prompted to um, nail... Neil responded to that, so he did. But I was there that time that he cooked the dinner, and it's not his gifting. <laughs> have you ever been? Have you ever felt the prompting to financially bless someone? Have you ever felt the prompting, maybe just to visit someone and to find out that that was just the correct time and the right time to do that? Maybe something as simple as send somebody a text message. Maybe just to inject hope. Maybe. Uh, just to stop with someone on the street and give them a word of encouragement. Maybe it's bigger things that God's prompted you to do. Maybe uh, change where you live or change your occupation or uh, marry someone. Um, all these these things are, are triggered by by God speaking. And what you do is you respond to that and that's what faith is. If it's God speaking, you respond to it. And that's what faith is. And that's what Jesus is talking about in this parable. He's talking about a sower who goes out and sows small seeds in the ground. With the expectancy that something is going to happen. Someone once said, I think it was from here. God is speaking more than I'm actually listening you ever think about that? Do you ever think God is speaking more than I'm actually listening? Listening is to do with um, the condition of your heart and the fruit of your heart and listening is all intertwined. And I think for me, occasions I don't be listening is because my heart isn't in the right place. It's not the condition of my heart is wrong. What we've said over and over again is that we want to express, uh, uh, we want to expose areas of hardness. Hardness within hearts that are holding people back. Conditions of our hearts that aren't right. And we just want to expose them. We can't fix those. I want to make that clear. We cannot fix those. It's God's job. 
to prepare our hearts. I love that fact. That was a, a big revelation to me this week as I read this story. Actually, it was a big revelation to me as I walked the fields last week with Amelia. I just put up a picture. This is our big field. I thought I would show you a picture of it this week. And last Sunday, what what Amelia and I did was we we took a walk over that big field. And a big revelation came to me. You know the one who sows the seed? is also the one who takes care of the field. The farmer not alone sows the seed, but he's the one that takes care of the field, and the field represents our hearts. And sometimes we think we're left to our own devices, and it's our responsibility that everything's right. It's not. It's the Holy Spirit's responsibility to prepare our hearts, to prepare a good ground. And our job is that we would uh, be open And in a place where we allow the Holy Spirit to mend the conditions of our hearts. David talked last week about how we carry guilt and shame. And how that blocks us back from being fruitful. And how we need to make wise choices. I thought that was fantastic. How sometimes we make the choices out of of feeling guilt and shame. How that, that causes, you know, and that's not what God's plan for us is. We are to make choices for our lives out of the knowledge, out of our redeemed identity in Christ he used. That's, the, that's how we're to make our choices. So our lives would be fruitful. Neil talked the week before about jealousy. Just amazes me how jealousy can destroy and play havoc in lives. And we don't even see it. A couple of months ago, David talked about our blind spots. And this is one of our big blind spots. I think it's a huge blind spot within people. Jealousy. We're jealous of other people. And we're we're, we're so good on the outside. We're so correct on the outside that our hearts are, are, are tearing apart inside. They're rotting away because of jealousy. He took us to the life of King Saul. And how King Saul was jealous of young David. And the anointing God had put on him. And ultimately... Drive his life, drive King's life, Saul's life into, in, into, into destruction. The week before that, I talked about doubts and fears and the pathway and how doubts and fears and worries wears us down and creates paths, hard ground in our lives. We, took, we talked about King David in that story as well and, and um, the fact that his heart became so hard this is the man whose heart was after God. This is the man who was picked by God, allowed these things to wear him down to the point that he's now taken rescue in the enemy's camp. Going back into the world is a better choice for him. Well, today I want to look, a bit something, look at something that I believe is holding us back and it's represented in this story and it's represented with these here as well. Stones. And he sowed, some seed fell on stony ground, or thorny ground, or, or sorry, or rocky ground. Anybody ever heard this story before? Anybody ever looked at this story before? One of the other amazing things that I took out of this story this week is that for some reason, the way this story has been preached to me 
it's like it's four different fields. It's like we've got a stony field here. We've got, we've got a path or a hard ground here. You know, we've got thorny ground and we've got good soil. And so there are four different representations of people. So if you don't, if you, you're either in one box or the other. But that's not the case of this story. This story represents one field. When a farmer goes out to sow, he sows a field. He doesn't sow many fields. But within that field, he finds that there's different conditions of the soil. And this is very important. Because maybe today you don't face jealousy. Maybe today you don't face worry or fear or doubt. Maybe today you don't, uh, you don't face some of these things that we have mentioned. But you need to be careful because one day you might. You need to keep guard. What the Bible says, you need to guard your heart. You need to keep a cover on your heart and not allow these things to take root. The big field. My dad bought the big field, uh, as I told you, or bought the farm, as I told you. And what he did was that he extended the boundaries. He had, there, was, there was a lot of small fields in this area. And what he did was he took out the hedges and created one big field. I told you farmers were very simple, so he called it the big field. Um, and so uh, he made this large field that represented over a third of the farm. But something, something happened each year as the crop grew. Something became very obvious as the crop grew. We noticed lines would appear in the field, about four to ten foot wide. And uh, in those areas, the grass wasn't as green. It wasn't as lush and it wasn't as plentiful. It wasn't as sweet to graze. And if it was a hot summer... What actually would happen in those areas, those lines, ten, four to ten foot wide, could, could go in huge long areas up and down the field. What would happen would the grass would wither away. It would turn yellow and wither away. We seem came to realise as we studied the field that actually these lines were where the old hedges were. See, what would happen over generations before my dad, the farmers who farmed the land before my dad would plough the small fields. And what they would do was they would remove the big stones, the obvious stones. They would remove those. But but these small to medium-sized stones... What they would actually do with these would be they would throw them to the edge of the field. They would throw them under the back of the hedges. And uh, over, over a period of time, um, over a period of time what would happen would be those stones would bury themselves underneath the hedges. And so while my dad removed the, what was above the surface, the hedges, to make the field a huge big field, there was a problem underneath the surface. I paraphrased this, um, this, this parable or these few verses. 
I went to many different translations uh, and, and paraphrased just these few verses where it talks about stony, stony ground. And this is what it says. Listen, followers, what do you make of this? A sower went out to sow and plant seed. And as he sowed, some seed fell on stony or rocky ground where there wasn't much soil. And immediately the plant sprung up and sprouted quickly. But when the sun rose and the plant, the plant that had managed to sprout uh, was scorched because there was no root, so it withered away quickly. That sounds like what happened in our big field. The seed was, that had sown on the stony ground or the rocky ground or the gravelly ground produced very little. And when the extreme conditions of the sun came out, it uh, withered away. You see, what farmers do, thanks Ash for putting this up, what farmers actually do is when they plough the fields, those medium to small stones, they throw them to the side. They don't use the equipment that's needed to move. I think there was a big stone there, Ash, is there? This is a big stone. This, this is a stone this size on a field behind uh, Ballyards. And what I put a pen on top of it to show you the size of it. But what a farmer would have to do if he came across a stone like that in a field, he would have to get the equipment, the proper equipment, and carry that stone out of the field. But the smaller stones, going back to the other one, what the farmer does, he throws them to one side. And uh, and so that was what happened over the generations where my dad's farm was concerned. Those areas where the hedges were, there were stones this size, were thrown in and there, were, and there was a build up. There was what you call a stone belt, uh, stone belts up through the field. And that's kind of like what this parable is about. It's, it's ground that is fine above the surface. It looks fine on the surface. It, it even produces an odd bit of something, plant or two, but when extreme conditions come on, it withers away very quickly. It shoots up quickly, we read in this. Um, in church leadership, we, we have to be careful. We have to have caution to people who shoot up quickly. Because a thing that shoots up quickly doesn't have much root under the ground. You know, you don't have to look too far on your TV. I was going to say God TV, but you don't have to look too far on your TV today to see that there's this idea that you can be whatever you want to be and you can have whatever you want to have. Um, but that's not true. That's not true within the Christian world. I've read stories of missionaries and the hard work that they've had to do behind the scenes, underneath the surface, the work that's had to go on. I've read um, uh, stories behind revivals of the people who put the time in under the radar, praying for God to move. Even some of our local stuff that's happening, if we take what's happening in Coleraine or maybe Reading in England, people have, have ploughed and worked that ground for years before God has finally, before they've seen, finally seen um, breakthrough. It's funny to notice we were at a thing uh, yesterday morning and the, the modern way of communicating with people actually isn't TV anymore. 
is actually the likes of social media. Far more people are influenced by social media than TV. Online stuff. And online stuff will, will, will cause you to see something that's maybe not for you. And then you start to head off on that journey. But that's a whole different story. But for some reason these seeds that was planted, that was sowed, that Jesus talked about, could not get below the surface. There was no place in this soil for the, the seed to take root. And the reason for that was these stones. You know, stones come in, in different shapes and sizes. They're nameless. There's no name on that stone. They're hard to penetrate. They're lifeless. They can never reproduce. A, a stone can never change or move of its own accord. A stone is heavy to carry. It's a dead weight. They're normally cold. And one thing they do is they cause damage to equipment. To equipment that is trying to harvest the crop. One thing that stones are useful for on a farm is they're useful for filling up holes. They're useful for what they call dead fill. If you've got an area you want to fill up, you throw a pile of stones in the bottom of it. They're, built, they're useful for building dividing walls. They can falsely boast sometimes. I don't know whether Lucas heard of this story or not, but a couple of years ago there was a serious potato blight or problem with potatoes in Northern Ireland. And the crop was low. And so what a lot of the Northern Ireland companies did, or companies from Ireland had to do, was they had to buy their potatoes from other companies. And one place that, that potatoes were brought into, into Ireland or Northern Ireland was from a place called Russia. And what, uh, what these guys who sold the potatoes did, they filled the bottom of the containers with stones so that it made the load a lot heavier. And, uh, and sold them to Irish companies. And so what a stone actually can do in, in, in a soil, it can falsely boast something up. It can falsely boast something up. There's one place that a stone was useful for in our big field, and Ash is going to put that one up um, just at the end, the gateway. What we used to do is we used to to gather stones and throw them in the gateways. And, uh, and I just thought there is actually one good use for stones within the field context. Because they allow a person to enter in or someone to exit out of a field. And it's funny, as I was, as I was preparing this, I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, you know, there's some people, and that's where you live. You live at the entrance or the exit to a field. You never enter into fully what God has for you. Um, one minute you're in, the next minute you're out. One minute you're batting for the team, the next minute you're batting against the team. You know, and I, I just would really feel that the Holy Spirit would say, you need to enter into the heart of the field to find out what the full crop is, to experience the full crop. But that's just, by the way, say that's not where I'm focusing today. I know there's a lot of reasons for shallowness within soil. Um, but where I feel the Holy Spirit is guiding me is this whole area of the hedges and stones. 
And these small to medium-sized stones, not the big ones that are very obvious, that, that we go and we, we take out properly, but these small to medium-sized that we just probably chuck to one side and hope they go away or they're buried somewhere and never show their face again. The problem within the field context, as I've said to you before, is that when you look at a field like this, everything looks fine on the surface. But underneath the surface, there's a problem. When you sow seed on this type of ground, it might shoot up a branch or two quickly. But when extreme conditions come, you just fall away or the, the, the plant dies. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about here? It's these small to medium sized stones. And I said to the Lord as I walked that field, I said, Lord, what do these represent? I know you want me to talk on stony ground today, but what do these actually represent? And I felt him saying, there's many things... That these could, I feel, I feel there's many things these could represent, but I really felt the Lord saying to me that they represent hurts and disappointments. Hurts, are, hurts normally come through people's words. Julie works a lot with young people, and and she'll vouch for this that that people, young people, are mostly affected by the words that are spoken over them. It destroys them. And some, some hurts we carry are due to these negative words. And hurts are normally caused by someone else. Disappointments are usually caused, caused by failed expectations. It shouldn't have worked out that way. Anybody ever have that in your life? And sometimes those things are big enough that we, we realize that we need to sit down and have a chat with someone about them. We need to discuss them. We need to get this sorted out. But some of them, or sometimes the way we feel or made feel is, some of those things are insignificant. They're only small. And so what we do is we chuck them to the side. We throw them out. And, uh, and after a while, what they do is they frame the outside around our lives. Disappointments or failures, expectations. Maybe, you know, Proverbs tells us in, in Proverbs 18, going back to the hurts, is that there's power in the tongue. There's power of life and death in the tongue. There's not much life in a stone, is there? It's dead. It can cause a huge damage. So we carry these from one form or another and I feel, uh, and we feel we've been let down. Maybe we've been let down where disappointments is concerned. We've been let down when we're at a very impressionable age. Maybe we've watched a family break up. Uh, and as a result of that, you carry that into the new relationships around you. Some of you know the pain of being of uh, of something not working out. 
Have you ever put your faith and hope into something and it just didn't work out? Maybe it's a failed business. Maybe it's a failed relationship. Maybe it's a failed idea. And you know, sometimes we just, we don't deal with that. We just hope that disappointment goes away. And we just throw it to one side. And and if we don't deal with these hurts and disappointments correctly, um, what we actually do is they become buried, as I've said earlier. But what actually happens from that is that denial starts to creep in. And we become angry and we carry the heaviness of those stones around in our lives. Justin Larkholm was with us a couple of weeks ago. Um, and he talked, about, um, he talked about a hurt locker or a hurt drawer being overflowing with these things. And how we carry these things, if we carry these things or we have these things, or we don't deal with these things, what they did do is, and I've already said this, is they frame the outside of our lives. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to minimize people's hurts and disappointments. For some, they are huge and they're big, they're real. But some are just that wee bit smaller And you know what, in the general eye, they're like, that shouldn't really matter. But it matters to you. That's the important thing. And you don't deal with it uh, properly. The other day, or a couple of weeks ago, we were in Tin House. And I was thinking about this. And and, uh, I was downstairs doing the kit with with the kids. And I'm bringing this into land now. Um, And I was sitting down there, or I was just on the stairs. And I looked over where David had... Uh, wrote that thing on the glass where God had spoken to him about a bigger tin house, and it was from Isaiah forty, or sorry, Isaiah fifty four, verse two. It says, "Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your curtain wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes." And I felt that there was something in that for today, for us. So I went home and read it. But the next verse says this. Um, you will extend your boundaries on every side. And as I meditated on that, I felt the Lord, what the Lord wants to say to us is we commit these stones to him. As we, um, as we go through the hard work of exposing these stones, that he wants to extend our, barrier, our boundaries. He wants to bring us into a bigger place. Every time a farmer wants to enlarge his boundaries, he not alone has to remove what's above the surface, but he has to do the hard work of checking what's below the surface. That farmer is God, is the Holy Spirit. And what we're called to do is to open our hearts before the Lord and allow him to do that. The funny thing about stones is stones never actually uh, go anywhere. They never go away. The more they're pounded into the soil, the deeper they get. Every time you try to take a layer off, what happens to the layer below? It rises to the surface. When when we were small, when we were out working on the fields with my dad, we used to ask that, do stones grow? How on earth does this field get so many stones in certain areas? And what happens is they're just pounded in year after year. Anastasia was with us um, the other day for for tea, and Jesse. 
they come as a pair now, by the way. Um, and they, they, they were with us for tea. And Anastasia, I was just sharing briefly, she was telling me she was doing kids today, and I was sharing briefly what we were going to share on. It was maybe one sentence. Um, and she said to me, she said, the funny thing is, is uh, well, I better quote her word for word, or Anastasia will not let me down. Or not let me, where is this? Oh, yeah. Oftentimes we're unaware of the stones we carry. Often we're, we're unaware of the things we carry. But, um, but we can see what we The reality is that we can see what we carry by what we produce. You can see what type of soil, what's underneath the surface by what it produces. Jeremiah, the great prophet, says that we're to root out these things. We're called to root them out. And as we remove those shapeless, heavy, cold things from our lives, seed will start to be allowed to take root. And I think that's important. I think that's important because, you know what, we're all after a harvest. We all want to do something that's going to make a difference. And um, David ended last week by quoting Psalm 1. And uh, on in that psalm, it talks about a tree that's rooted. Verse 3. It talks about a tree that's well rooted. As we lift those stones out, or as the Holy Spirit, as we allow the Holy Spirit to lift those stones out, and oftentimes we, we're not aware of what we're carrying, but it's heavy. It's causing unproductiveness in our lives. Um, and as we lift those out and allow the soil to become free again, things will start to take root and we start to see a harvest. That tree that's planted uh, doesn't wither. We, we read its, its leaves doesn't wither. And it produces... Um, it produces fruit. It prospers. What a picture of a life. That's what God has planned for us. That we would prosper. Another thing that I found as I was finishing this off. I felt the Holy Spirit saying this to me. Some, there's some people here and you're spending your time and energy. And you don't realize it. Fighting against these stones. Stones that you're carrying. I was going to do a demonstration with the bag, but time shot. But you don't have to put too many stones in a bag to realize that they're heavy to carry. They're heavy to carry. And that's not what we were created for. We were not created to carry heaviness. We're not created to do that. David, as I said, is going to come, and Judith and Paul, and they're going to lead us in some songs. And, and I'd like you to come and just get ready to do that. But Ezekiel 3 says that God will change our hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. I'll take out the hard stones of your life and give you softness. God wants to remove these shapeless, random, hard, cold, heavy, lifeless things from our lives. Now I can't tell you what that is for you. But that's why 
I like at the end that we're just going to take a wee bit of time. It's the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can tell you that. David ended with two things last week. He said, I'm going to give you something spiritual and I'm going to give you something practical. The spiritual thing is it's the Holy Spirit. You need to open your heart up to the Holy Spirit and he will expose those things. The second, as David give you something practical, let me tell you something practical that helped for me. Get some friends. Get alongside some good, trusted friends and allow them to walk with you in this process. Uh, I'm really, I'm going to finish now. I was up in the school. I, I left Amelia to school last week for the first time. And I was walking through the schoolyard and, uh, and I just looked across and I think Caleb was playing football over in the, uh, with some of the boys and some of the kids. And I really felt God saying to me, you know, some, of, some people have picked up stones when they were children. Some people have had words spoken over them and you're carrying those and they're heavy. Jesus says, my burden is easy. My yoke is light. Put a few of those in a bag. You see how heavy they are. And I just want to push that a wee bit further. Some of you in your early, maybe teenage years have had some words spoken over you. And you're carrying them. They might have been from friends or they might have been from family. And you know what? Those people probably didn't even mean that. They're not even aware that they did it. So this is not some sort of rally people up to go out and have a riot against the people who've spoken negatively or disappointed you in life. That's not what this rallies for. The Holy Spirit can deal with all these things. But some of you have had that. And even some within later years of life, you've had disappointments and you've had pain. You've been told you're not good enough, you're too old or you're, you're too this or you're too that. That's not God. And you're carrying that stuff in your life. You've pushed it to one side. You think, you know what, it doesn't really matter. You don't deal with it properly. And you've pushed it to one side. And now God has brought you to a place where he wants to enlarge what he wants to do with you. He wants to make your field bigger. He wants to make your area bigger. But this is, there's this imaginary boundary that's below the surface. And you can't go beyond that because the hurts have boxed you and the disappointments have boxed you in. You might be look fine on the surface, but you know what? Underneath the surface, you're boxed in. And that creates a whole lot of other issues. Waterlogging. I could go on for ages, but you're boxed in. And we have not got the answer to that ourselves. My words are never going to be good enough for that. But the Holy Spirit can help you with that.